Welcome to the State of Survival. Today we take a look at Eco, a game unlike any other. Eco is a game that isn't just another run-of-the-mill survival game theme. There are no zombies, no aliens, or other raiders, etc. Rather, a meteor is looming as a global ending event. And your goal is simple. Stop the meteor. Jarl, what do you think of this game's starting premise compared to what we've covered in the past? Okay, so this game took me by surprise. It's one of those games you can watch being played, and then it's a whole other experience to actually play the game. The Meteor is Coming, which places a time limit to success. It kind of reminded me of, like, uh, the earlier Xbox game um, with zombies in it. I'm forgetting the name. Uh, but you're given 72 hours. That's the, the amount of time you have to defeat the game. And I like it when games can implement that in a very, very creative way. And I'm also big on educational games. And I even made the comment while we were playing that this should be in schools because of everything you learn from it. And I was happy to find out that it's actually used in schools as an educational tool. You would think that the threat is the meteor. To be honest, you can get production yeah. up pretty quick and you can do a lot to get, take care of the meteor problem right out. But at what risk with the lack of careful planning and, and taking the easier methods or what I call shortcuts of meteor removal, uh, what harm are you going to be doing to your planet, making animal species extinct, catastrophic environmental damage? And while you might think this game is about a potential meteor impact, it's more about the collective damage and carbon emissions from dirty but cheap and easy technology. And that's why collaboration is so important. It's one of the core ideals of ECO itself is the collaboration with others as you try and work towards stopping this meteor. How well does ECO actually accomplish this, Jarl? I think it handles it well. Um... It becomes evident in the very beginning that no one person can solve the problem easily. And like you said, it's meant to be played in a, a wider community. And when you're only playing with, say, three people, you really have to figure out who's going to specialize in certain sciences and technologies. And, and once you have them focus on that and that's their job, the better it is for the group. Having capable people maintain the balance of resource use as well as natural resource replenishment, and, and replenishment is big in this game, can make the task of getting rid of the meteor in a green, environmentally sound fashion a lot more feasible. But uh, it's a perfect metaphor for life, too, because where the efforts of the few to curb our current climate crisis might not be enough, it's a crisis of community. And all of the players are needed to take part in order to save the planet. Uh, to throw an example out there, I was handling the farming. And, you know, of course, um, yeah. Dimension was handling the lumber production and you were getting ores and a lot of the terraforming and hard work done. But if he went out and just butchered every tree he saw and didn't plant anything back our animal diversity would have been affected. And if our animal diversity is affected, the wolves become hostile if there's not enough deer to eat. The animals I need to ensure that my farming is done in a natural way start to migrate away. And without those animals, seeds don't get transferred. I mean, it's, it's all a connected web. So it, it definitely encourages 
without just outright telling you that every person needs to think of the community as a whole and not just leveling or gearing themselves up. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right. What I actually enjoy about this game's collaboration with others is that I've played many survival games like this Feudal, Minecraft, many other survival games, and a lot of this emphasis, like you're talking about, in these other games was you could do it as a solo person. You really don't need other people. It makes it easier if you have other people, but you really don't need them. But in this game, you can play this game solo if you adjust the settings, folks. But default-wise, you need other players to enjoy the game with. Because you can't do everything, much like you were saying, with even with our labor division of you being the farmer, a gatherer, partial hunter, Dimension being the logger and a couple of other things, and me handling all the terraforming and mining, we still were not really completing um, a lot of the tasks that we wanted to. Still had a great sense of accomplishment we did. Yarl, what makes tasks such as terraforming, skill grinding, materials collection, or even base building different in eco? One is sense of accomplishment. Nothing in the game you do feels pointless. There are always tasks that need done, but spending your work effort, which is something you can stack on a project so that it's research in the background, you don't have to stand at a bench doing it. Um, it, it, it means that you'll consume more. And to your uh, experience being a miner, not only do you need the food and nutrition to actually harvest and mine the ore, but you also need that food and nutrition to research new technologies to make the mining easier. And it it's so amazing how much the diverse diet can affect that. Uh, in order to research tech faster, more food and sustainment will always be needed. You have to hunt, but not over hunt. You have to farm, but not over farm. Same goes for the resources needed for the research itself. You can't deforest without replanting. Dimension couldn't go out and just cut us down a bunch of trees and then build us a nice little research home, right? Uh, he had to worry about the, the construction infrastructure of our community. Everything is precious. And it got to a point to where, I mean, luckily you two have played it before, but I also come from a very like science-minded orientation. Replenishment was always big on mine. And I was thrilled at how much replenishment is actually in the game. Like I immediately asked, can you leave fields fallow? And although you guys didn't know exactly what that meant, your description was, yes, you should absolutely leave fields fallow. Yeah, definitely. And just because for the fun of it, bonus question, what's fallow mean? So fallow was something that they discovered in the medieval ages, but the basic root of it is that certain crops use certain nutrients in the soil. And after a while, when there was no more of the available nutrients in the soil, that crop would no longer grow. So they introduced crop rotation, and part of that crop rotation is leaving a field fallow. You plant different foods there until the soil's totally zapped of nutrients, and then you turn it into a livestock pen. Or like you were telling me, bring in fertilizer and stuff to bring those nutrients back. And it's not a quick process. So we need to have the ability to leave a couple fields fallow and fertilized for a growth period while we move on to other fields. I'll grow wheat in these two, but then the next season I'll grow wheat in these two. And then radishes will grow here. And then the next season they'll grow here. And then the fallow fields will also rotate. And that is, that's actual arc, like agriculture science. And it's so amazing to see it put so effortlessly into a game. 
the thing that I find about that makes Eco different with its grind is that I'm not sure folks have played Civilization or whatever else, but it's that one more turn feeling that I'm almost there. I'm about to do it. I'm about to accomplish this goal or we're about to hit this uh, you know, goal ourselves. We're about to get this research project. But also just overall, like when I move and flatten an entire area, I can look back on it and be like, wow, that took me an hour and a half to do it. But look at all the possibilities there are now. And I think that's what this game really hits, is that one more turn approach that you see in Civilization-like games and other games like that. I think it's more accentuated in this game, too, because you start off in the caveman era. You have caveman Oonga technology, and then you can work your way up to a 21st century level technology. But what to, to kind of just give an example of your experience, I was having one heck of a time getting fish without just totally emptying out our lake of all fish life, which... I don't want to do. And in order to get my cart down so that I had to make less trips, because that took a lot of nutrients jumping up the cliffs, I had to have a ramp so that I could roll my wagon down out to the ocean so I could capture sharks and fish for us to eat and find a way to bring that cart back. Going down the mountain was the problem. I was falling with style. Going up the mountain was impossible. And even though it took you a long time to build that ramp for me, that simple construction of a ramp made me realize, oh my God, we got to think about everything. I can't just make, we can't build mining cars for dump raw without having a way for them to get back and forth effectively. We can't do this. And, and that's where the one more level mentality comes in. You're in a caveman era and you think there's going to be a spot where you could stop, but there's always something more as you're progressing towards the 21st century. I just was glad we found a way to end it on a funny note. You guys put a sign on a wagon and I just rage quit. <laughs> that would be, Otherwise, I would have played for 10 hours. Oh, man. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. I, I loved how you were the fisherman because, you know, something smelled fishy there when you weren't. But uh, puns aside, <laughs> Eco as a game takes many parts of what I normally consider default needs in the survival game and kind of puts a new spin on it. Uh, Yara, what actually makes Eco stand apart from other survival games for you? And why would you tell others to give Eco a chance? Well, first of all, I like kids can play this. It's in schools. So if kids can learn a little bit of positive science, so can you. But the fact of the matter is, it's engaging and fun. And it makes you appreciate the things you have in society that you don't really think about. Like the garbage men. You know, the construction crews, you know, it makes you appreciate those little things that you take for granted. <laughs> but I think it's big success is in the verticality of design. It's not like Minecraft or other survival games, Medieval Dynasty is one of them, where you grub up a field, you sprinkle some fertilizer, you throw down wheat and you're like, there's my wheat. There's so much more to do in that one stretch of land that you will get constant hours of enjoyment constant hours and even the food we're eating which is just burnt fish and basic bread eventually evolves into something much more nicer and fulfilling and it's nice to have that i can't wait to see if in the future when we automate food if all of a sudden we're making twinkies just because it's easier and now now our nutrition's in the toilet and we all have diabetes or something but it, it's amazing <laughs> being able to 
you know, rotate the crops or provide a more varied uh, diet so that more research could be done. I've never had farming be that important in a survival game. It's always just the, oh, you're new to the game? Yeah, you can farm if you want, but it is integral to every research. Um, you know, you can, you, we've already discussed crop rotation and being fallow. That was a point I was going to bring up, but you can eventually unlock computers that, you know, like devices, the soil sampler that will allow you to determine what needs to be done next. And what I really love about it is you do need animal byproduct to do it right. So the game also teaches you how to hunt in a way that's not devastating to the local species and getting everything you need from the animals to ensure that it's all going well. Uh, same goes for trees, the animal life, organic resources in general. Uh, Overextraction can make them go extinct. You know, what happens if you do all, you we build a whole society on fossil fuels and all the coal is gone? Well, then we need to dig deeper, but that's not economically good or uh, environmentally good. Um, so it's nice to see the verticality affect every task that's being done. And we even saw it when they, he was building a house. It's not as simple. It's just put oh, up yeah. four walls and a roof. There was more to it. In order for us to be tenants and live there and get everything we needed, he had to really go in depth with that. Um, and I just think that the leveling system's really good. It really felt like uh, RimWorld with the research trees. And it really felt like we were RimWorld ponds more than anything else, <laughs> which is amazing. Oh. Well, thankfully, we didn't have any of the crazy events from RimWorld. <laughs> yeah, okay, you need to take that back because there's a meteor coming our way, and that is absolutely something that would happen in RimWorld. I like this game because it gives purpose to everything, including homes. In Eco, when you build a home for yourself and you become either a renter or an, a owner of the home, what you have inside the home and how you furnish it matters. Even how you compartmentalize your home matters. If you have your bedrooms and your bathroom and your living room all separated, your home's value goes up um, compared to the people who have all that in the same area. Yes, you don't have to use the bathroom in Eco, but it doesn't matter. The game still considers it upping your home value. And what matters is home value increases the amount of EXP you get so you can invest more into those skills and more into the progression and other things. So it's really cool. Eco really takes a good stab at survival and then goes, oh, but you need to consider all these factors. Pollution, the meteor coming down, how you handle your resources, how you deplete your farms and you using fallow. So many amazing things about this game. I just love it to death. I think one of the things I'd also like to point out that's different from other survival games and so why it might feel different is that the danger of the game comes from a cosmic source, something that we, no matter how good we are with guns, no matter how good we are with survival, can't defend against without the help from others. But instead of being an apocalyptic survival game, say you're trapped on a desert island or there's zombies or something like that, this is a survival game that, despite the risk, is hope. I And that's what I love about it. There's a lot of hope in the game. It doesn't feel hopeless. You know, when we play DayZ and we play Humanity, what is the point? Are we just filling our bellies and staying warm for how long? What's the end goal? If we're looking at this from a lore standpoint, at what point does humanity kickstart? This is definitely 
got a lot of hope, optimism, and an intellect in its design engine. To our viewers, a good question for Eco. Eco, does Eco fail to fit into the survival game genre, or is, um, or is it just a different approach to a survival game itself? Well, folks, thank you very much for being here with me. Folks, without y'all as my co-host, who does stream on Twitch quite often and plays plenty of survival games of his own, should check him out one day. His link is just down below in the description. And our producer, Red Falcon, who does so much good work in the background, producing our videos, making sure we stay on track when we're actually Earth recording. Cats. Yep. We uh, thank you for watching Stay Survival and our take on Eco. Bye for now. Bye-bye.